Hello, you beautiful people. So hopefully by now you've seen that we did the video on different debt collection practices. So how, who you owe can affect the way that they collect. And we did the first one on private sector debt. This one is gonna be on public sector debt, so government stuff. So we're gonna start with HMRC, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, the tax authority. Usually debts owed to HMRC go through a very similar process to what a debt collection agency will be. It will start off with telephone calls and letters and text messages. You'll get notifications sometimes if you've got the online HMRC account, the portal. Digital services are actually pretty good for HMRC. If, if that works for you, then do, do try and use it. They also have self-service repayment plans that you can access online. So if you meet certain criteria, you can go on and set up your own repayment plan. They then also use debt collection agencies themselves. So they will use third-party debt collection agencies and they will send that debt out. They don't sell your debt. They just ask the debt collection agencies to collect it on their behalf. And HMRC also has, interestingly, its own internal bailiff function. Then they can obviously also make you insolvent, so wind up your company, make you bankrupt. The one anomaly with HMRC is legacy tax credits, which, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they're doing any collection now because it's all being passed over to Universal Credit. So as people sign on to Universal Credit, it will pick up any legacy tax credit debt that's in HMRC, and then that will be deducted via your Universal Credit or you'll be asked to pay it a different way, which is a nice segue into DWP. So the DWP has a thing called automatic deductions, and it can take money out of your Universal Credit to pay for other debts. Probably the biggest type that it will take will be overpayments of universal credit or advances. So when you first sign up for universal credit, if it takes a while to, or you have a change in circumstances and it takes a while to adjust your money to get your money to you, they can give you an advance and then they claim that advance back through ongoing awards. Also, like I said, the historic tax credits um, debt will, will also be collected through this. This is a bit of a contentious issue because sometimes these debts are several years old. There's no evidence. It's not the greatest example of good customer service in debt management, let's just put it that way. This came through a Centre for Social Justice report called Collecting Dust on Government Debt Management, in which there was a direct quote from somebody in there that said, you, you know, you, you strive for years and you're just getting your shit together and then you're landing with another big debt. And so I understand, really do get how, how difficult that can be, especially if there's no proof of the debt, but you're still going to have to pay it. Other things that can be taken out of your universal credit include water, gas, lecky, rent, service charges, council tax, child maintenance, and they can usually take a maximum of 25% of your benefits to pay for old debts. Although they do have a thing called a last resort payment, which means if you're about to have your gas or electric cut off, or you're about to be evicted, then they can take more to stop that happening. DWP also deals with child maintenance, and for child maintenance, they will send out bailiffs if you're unable to come to an arrangement. There are two or three different ways in which child maintenance is collected. So one is, is parent to parent direct, in which case the DWP just lets you get on with it. But if you're unable to come to an agreement on how much maintenance should be paid and the DWP sets a figure and you don't pay it, then they can come after you with a bailiff to try and get that money back. 
So if you're having trouble getting an affordable repayment plan in place with the DWP, because from all the conversations I've had, I don't believe that they do any sort of affordability check before they take the 25% out of your benefits or up to 25%, I should say. So if you're if you're not able to, to get that overturned and it's actually unaffordable for you, then there are some good organizations out there that can help. These aren't debt advice agencies. These are what we call in the industry income maximization services. So some of the big ones are policy in practice, turn to us, there's entitled to. And if you've got a really complex case, ask one of your credit is ask them if they work with a, a company called Income Max. Income Max is really, really good at doing real complex DWP casework. And the folks that work there are trained probably to a higher standard than a good number of DWP staff. But Income Max staff are trained in benefits rules and can really sit with you and hold your hand and take you through the process and fight on your behalf to get what you're entitled to. So ask, ask your creditors if they work with Income Max. Now, I'll put links to all these in the description below because they're really useful services to, to have to hand if, if you're unable to afford your, your debts. Moving on then to the court service. Court service is largely going to be fines and penalties and the court service doesn't see this as debt. You don't get any of the niceties that go along with other bits of debt management across the industry. Fines and penalties are punitive measures. They're there to act as a punishment and therefore they expect them to be paid. Now that doesn't mean that you can't get a repayment plan put in place. Just don't expect it to be the same sort of service that you would get, let's say, if you were behind on your credit cards. Okay, let's talk council tax. I left this one until last because I wanted to spend a bit more time on it. So look, first thing that's really important to understand, every council is different. The rules, the law that governs council tax collection is what's called permissive. It's not mandatory. So they don't have to follow the rules and the, the legislation, if anyone's interested, is the Council Tax Administration and Enforcement Regulations 1992, so over 30 years old. And they were actually put in place at a time, if anyone's old enough to remember, the, the council tax riots or the poll tax riots as they were at the time. And this legislation was put in place for a very different cohort of people than the people we see today who suffered through the pandemic, through 10 years of austerity, through the cost of living crisis, who genuinely can't afford to pay rather than those who were belligerently non-paying previously. Having a process enshrined into the legislation itself prevents continuous improvement from taking place. However, as I said, these are permissive. It means the councils can use them if they so wish to. They do not have to. And a number of councils over the last few years have been incredibly good at experimenting and taking best practice found in other parts of the debt industry to try and have a better customer journey and make sure that you get good outcomes. Now look, part of the argument with council tax, it never gets turned off. So if you are in a position whereby you can't afford this year's council tax, well, guess what? Come 1st of April, next year's bill is going to land on the doorstep and then you're going to have two lots of money to pay. So if there's like a real genuine short-term problem, then you've got a really good chance of talking to the council and putting something in place. If it's just that you cannot afford your council tax and your basics, then you're in a very different place. And that's when you probably need to go and start thinking about free debt advice, about income maximization. These are problems of government. There, there are services out there, there are charities that can help, but for my money, charities are effectively there to solve the failures of government. 
the process for, for council tax that's laid into the legislation is effectively, if you don't pay, we will issue a reminder letter. Seven days later, a final reminder will be issued. Seven days after that, the full amount for the year will become due. So in other words, you lose your right to pay by installments. That amount will then go to the court. So that adds on somewhere around 100, 120 pounds. It varies by council because there isn't a fixed rate. Councils are allowed to recover their costs so different councils charge different rates. That will get a liability order, which basically says, yes, this person owes this debt. And from there, it's normally sent out directly to a bailiff. And as I've said in previous videos, there are then costs for the first letter that a bailiff will send you. And then there's also a cost for the first visit. And there are subsequent costs that can be added after that. So your debt could really rack up fast from a monthly installment to the full year falling due, then the court cost added, then the bailiff costs added and you still owe the original debt and next year's council tax bill will be on its way at some point. All of this means that you should see council tax as a priority debt. Now, priority debt is a thing in the industry. It's not just two words that I've strung together. A priority debt is one that's seen as having a big impact if you don't pay it. And because of the escalation, the rapid escalation, or at least the potential for rapid escalation of council tax, many organisations will recommend that you take council tax as a priority debt and you make sure that you prioritise its payment right up there with rent, heating and food. So look, I've mentioned bailiffs a few times in these videos now. I just want to be clear about something that, you know, the bailiff is enforcing the court's decision. Bailiff hasn't made a decision to come round and knock on your door. They are enforcing the decision of the court. And the court is doing that at the behest of the person you owe money to. So in this case, what we're talking about here now is the council. All of the big decisions have already been taken before it went to the bailiff. But they do have some flexibility. And I will do a video on bailiffs another day. The final thing that is important to say, and whilst this is incredibly rare these days, it does exist within the regulations that you can be committed to prison for non-payment of council tax. Now they have to find willful refusal or culpable neglect. What does that mean? Willful refusal is basically you're sticking two fingers up at the council and saying, sorry, I'm just not going to pay you. So that's, that's fairly straightforward. Culpable neglect is a little bit more grey. So I have read about cases in the past where somebody was having a really tough time with their job and ended up blowing their top and walking out. That was seen by the court as culpable neglect insofar as it led to the non-payment of council tax. The person had a job and walked out of it, which meant they couldn't then pay their council tax and it was seen as culpable neglect and the person was committed to prison. So why am I saying committed and not sentenced? Well, quite simply, it's not a criminal process. It's a civil process. And because it's not a criminal process, you don't have access to legal aid. You get a duty solicitor on the day. You're not going to be judged by a jury of your peers. It will be heard by a magistrate. And there have been, in the case of there was a, a judicial review by Justice Hickinbottom that showed uh, some significant failings in the magistrate process, whereby magistrates didn't understand how to do means testing properly in order to see if somebody actually could afford to pay their council tax or not. So anyway, like I said, that isn't used that much these days. And there is actually an open inquiry, which we're waiting for the government to respond on, which has said that that should be abolished. And actually, Wales abolished it uh, a, a few years ago, maybe a couple of years ago now. If you find yourself 
in any trouble with any of the things that I've spoken about here today, then please do go and seek out income maximization help, go and get free debt advice. If you're in a position whereby a fairly big process is about to happen to you, then you can go to get debt advice and ask them if you're eligible for a breathing space. Breathing space is not a way of just kicking the can down the road. It should be seen as if you genuinely need to get a debt solution in place, it should be the time available for you to go away and do that without the debt management process continuing, but you need a qualified debt advisor to be able to tell you that, that that's the right thing to do and then to put you onto the breathing space plan. Under the income maximization bit, there are also a couple of things that you can do so you can find out maybe if you're eligible for a discretionary housing payment or whether you're eligible for the council's council tax reduction scheme. So council tax reduction schemes were effectively the replacement for council tax benefit. So council tax benefit used to be paid by central government and everybody got the same based on their means. When council tax benefit was abolished in 2013, it was replaced by council tax reduction schemes and every local authority had to set up their own scheme. What this means in effect is you could live on the opposite side of the street to somebody and maybe they're in Bromley Borough and you're in Seven Oaks, and one of you gets access to 100% council tax reduction so you pay no council tax at all and the other one is in exactly the same financial position but only gets access to 50% so they pay half of their council tax. So this is based on what each local authority thinks is the right thing to do and that will be set by the local councillors and look, this is seen as local democracy in action. If you don't like the way that your local authority is behaving on this particular issue or any other issue for that matter then when the local elections come up you've got the opportunity to vote them out and vote a different set of people in. Is it the ideal solution? Probably not. Am I the person to give you the right solution? Absolutely not. But what I can do is just try and give you a little bit of an explainer around some of the things that you can try and do to help you out if you find yourself in this position and to give you a bit of background as to how different public sector organisations will treat you when you're in debt.